Welcome back to the Sioux City Show. My name is Taylor Grody. I'm hosting this thing. In the studio with me today, I have Anthony Maldonado, a.k.a. Hey. AM Mixes. What up, what up? Tell us a little bit about what AM Mixes is and what you do. AM Mixes, uh, it's just really my initials. Anthony Maldonado, it's my first and last name, and I mix. All right. So, and you're really doing it out of Des Moines, right? Currently, yeah. But did you start in Sioux City? Yep, I lived in Sioux City my whole life, pretty much. Okay, okay. So what does the background look like? Like, did you grow up into music, figuring out how to do music, or was it a college education? What was the case? No, it was uh, no one in my, other than, like, listening to music growing up. Obviously, my uncles, my brothers and sisters, like, all listened to great music. But as far as, like, anyone playing instruments or recording and stuff, no one in my family that I know of was doing that. Dope. So uh, and I grew up on the north side on Court Street, and then ended up moving to like the west side at the, like the, and going into sixth grade summer, going into seventh grade. And then my brother ended up buying some like equipment, just random, random as hell. And then uh, from there, it was probably the end of like beginning of eighth grade years when I got into it. And then just haven't put it down since. So was that what's the eighth grade year look like? What kind of equipment you using? What kind of music you uh, making? I had started writing, uh, rapping myself, and then my buddy Johnny, he had always made music. I've known him since we was, like, babies. Um, so me and him just go way back before music. But I, he had always made music, though. Like, he was always rapping and, like, selling his CDs to, like, his, us friends and stuff. And then uh, so when I finally got that, I hit him up, and I was like, yo, you got a spot you can record now. Like, I got a microphone or whatever. My brother bought this and that. And then so me and him started writing and recording, and then my brother was writing and recording. And then we were just using, like, a, well, before Johnny came, we it was literally like a little mic that was, like, probably this big that, like, you had to hold in your hand. <laughs> and then we were, like, we, we didn't even have no software or nothing. It was just, like, we had, like, a little four-channel Elisa's mixer. And then uh, there's, like, this program on the Windows. Like, it was just, like, a free 60-second recorder. Okay. Or something like that. So whatever you played on YouTube or whatever, like, anything that was being sound was just being recorded so we would literally just have that little mic plugged into like the back of the computer play a beat off youtube or a beat site or whatever yeah and then just click that and then every 60 seconds you would have to click it again real quick <laughs> and then so like every time you would listen back every 60 seconds there would be like a little pause because mm -hmm. you would have to click it every 60 seconds but and then when i started recording with johnny we had bought another mic that we ended up having to hold in our hands too because uh my little sister-in-law or whatever had, like, broke the mic stand or whatever. But, yeah, we were using, like, a little regular. It was, like, a Samson CO1 mic. Like, it was still a cheap mic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we just was doing that. And then we had, like, this free – or not free. We went to Best Buy and got, like, this thing called Magic's Music Maker. It was, like, 50 bucks or something Yeah. that my brother had bought. And then we started using that to record in. And then that's pretty much what we were doing all through high school. I we love that. A couple of tapes. We hustled out some CDs. We sold some shirts. Buy some equipment uh, off of all that, like selling CDs and merch and stuff. We bought a new microphone, a new preamp and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know. We was doing all that through high school. So, What was your first microphone that you were like, okay, I'm proud of this one. I'm, I'm stoked about this microphone purchase. First microphone? Yeah. Shit, probably the one I have now. Okay. What is it? <laughs> the Slate VLM1. Okay. Uh, from Slate Digital. Uh it's just like a, it models a bunch of different mics, but by itself, it just sounds really clean, like without any emulations on it. Okay. Um, and I'm like a, I'm a fan of their products in general, so I use a lot of their plugins on my mixes anyway. So shout out to Slate. <laughs> but yeah, um, they got two different microphones, the VLM1 and 2. 
Um, I still want to get the two one, but that one just works a little different. I don't, it's not really a necessity of mine right now, but, or a need of mine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the microphone I got now, I bought it like a year ago, maybe. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite purchases as regards to a microphone. I love the evolution of hustles. Like when people start young and you can see the the half-assed version, the like little yeah. kid version of everything <laughs> happening. And then you can see it morph into what it is today. Like, I mean, me personally, I started, I had a project my sophomore year of high school that we were supposed to, you could either write a paper or you can make a video, yeah. right? So I chose the video route. And I went to like my parents had this camera that, made little DVDs <laughs> and I went to Best Buy, same thing, bought the $50 program to edit videos on, you know, made the little DVDs, <laughs> transferred them all into video on my mom's computer. And it was the piece of shit computer yeah. at the time. So it took like 45 forever. minutes just to make like one edit <laughs> and it took forever, but I spent like four days figuring out how to make this five minute video. Yeah. It was horrible. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, everything that kind of like fueled everything that happened afterwards. That it was all about yeah, finding, finding new <laughs> equipment, finding a way to pay for more equipment paying for more microphones and whatnot and i kind of made my first uh audio purchase that i'm real stoked about like these are the audio technica 2020s or uh 2035s yeah and uh we got 2020s as well but we also have this Rode procaster it's the roadcaster pro and this is like the first thing that i've just loved that i bought yeah i might have to pick this up too because i'd actually do a couple podcasts also myself oh sick what's what's the podcast uh it's not my podcast but i I record it's called the survivors it's a group of people in des moines and shout out to them they're actually really cool people uh neil saint todd they're actually really cool people but yeah they're they kind of talk more about like just self uh growth and like just like how people stay inspired and like what transformed them if they used to be a certain type of person and like got them on the right path and stuff like that. Um, So they actually, they're really cool people. So did you go to college for audio recording? Yes, I did. After high school, Where's that? I went to Arizona, Gilbert. Well, they had two locations, Gilbert and in Tempe, Arizona. You do like half and half at each one, but uh, it was 2012, yeah, 2012. We went out there. Nice. We as me, Caesar, and then Johnny. Did that like completely change everything you knew or was it just, did you have the feeling like, oh, I'm kind of doing this right and I'm going to keep going the way I'm going or? Yeah. So like I said, I got into it like when I was in eighth grade. So literally like I was fortunate enough to, by the time I was in a freshman, like I already knew about the college. I knew that's, that's where I was going to go. Okay. So there was like, I didn't wait till senior year and I was like, dang, am I going to do music or am I going to go to regular college? Like I just knew when I was a freshman from doing music with it would have been a year by that time that like I was like I found out about that school I knew out so like me Johnny Caesar like literally it was a plan like after high school that's where we're going and we just didn't okay it was never a thought to do anything else so you sound like when you were in high school you had I guess the career path figured out you had the route from okay I'm in eighth grade I'm recording on a 60 second track yeah. loop to uh going through high school and you found like you it sounds like you found a way to make money off of it i wasn't making money at all oh, high school not I, like i guess I, I was thinking like the merch sales or whatever yeah but well um, yeah that, that that we did yeah but uh in regards to like just making money off of the music not necessarily okay so where did where did it go from you're making music with your homies you go to college with your homies to make music yeah to now you're getting paid and that's that's your job yeah. is making music. How did how did that transition happen and what did you learn to make that transition happen? I guess like once I got into it, like by the time I knew I wanted to go to school, I was like already 
there's people that I look up to in regards to like Dr. Dre or just seeing people like Timbaland or Pharrell, like in the studio, like, dang, what they do all day is just make music. Like, so when I got into it, it was like, I knew that there was a way to make money off of it Mm -hmm. and like live off of it. I just was like, this is what I want to do. Didn't really know like how or whatever, but like then after going to college and stuff, it was like, that was my, like I knew about studios and stuff, obviously, because I had read up on everything and stuff like that. But, and going to school is when it was like, my first time in that type of environment, like in the studio with the big, large format console with a bunch of gear behind you and stuff like that. Um, so learning how to do all that. And then in school, they also had a music business course. Okay. So that was actually one of my favorite courses. I passed that with like an A+. Plus. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, learning like that side of things. They taught us everything from broadcast audio, music audio, music television audio, game audio. So they give you like a they presented me to like a whole new world of like what I thought was just music was just like, Oh dang, like there's a whole bunch of different avenues. Okay. And then another one of my favorite things in school was like the movie post-production side of things, like doing ADR Foley work. Like if I ever got the opportunity to do that type of stuff, I'd probably do that. Okay. And like never do music again. Yeah. If I yeah. got like a that, gig like that. That's actually like why I initially got into audio is because I was having the same feeling. Like I was looking at my videos and I was looking at other videos that were top tier on YouTube. Yeah. And I was going, what's the difference? And it was always sound design was the difference of yeah. a pretty good video and a great video. So I yeah, wanted to figure out how to make cool. my stuff great, you know? And then, yeah. So then after that, after college, I went to Atlanta. Excuse me. And then I was working out of a studio that was called Zach Recording at the time. It's under a new ownership now under Astro Studios. Um, but the owner at the time, his name was Jim Zimpano, and he was kind of like him and the chief engineer at the time. I don't know if he's still there or not, but Tony, uh, they were kind of like my mentors when I was in Atlanta in regards to learning from them and what they had done in the industry. And then that was like the first time I had made money off of music in regards to recording and stuff like that. Um they started giving me like sessions to run like real early for being like being there for a short amount of time. Cause there was other like interns and engineers there who were there for like six months before me, who mm-hmm. he, who the owner wasn't given sessions to, to, to record on their own and stuff like that. So I don't know. They just kind of, I don't know why they picked me to get sessions and stuff like that. But yeah, that was uh, the first time I started making money off of music. And then from then I was, just, that's kind of what it was like whoa like, yeah right so okay this is real now because it was my first time receiving money for doing that type of work so that after that it kind of in me it was just like okay this is real it's not just i'm in the studio and wait for somebody to blow up like mm-hmm. people actually pay you for the work now like and it was kind of like I, i'm gonna make sure i do that so what what do you think is you know if you were telling somebody who's a senior in high school and they say anthony how do i make money off this right do you say it's the hustle? Do you say it's the connections? Do you say it's go to college or find a studio to work at? What What would you tell somebody? The first thing I would ask them, if I don't know them or if I, how well I know them or not, mm-hmm. it would be me understanding how passionate they are about it first. Yeah. Because uh, depending on what your passion is, laying with, with it, I feel like that determines on if it's worth it or not. Like, is, is, is this literally something that you want to die for or that you wouldn't, you know what I'm saying, would die for? Yeah. And if it's not, then it's probably not. Mm-hmm. You should probably think about doing something else. That's The only people who really make it in the creative industry are the type of people who everything that they commit to is something that they're willing to die for, really. Yeah. 
um, you know, I got, I tell people all the time, I have a lot of people come hit me up, say, I want to come learn from you. I want to come into the studio. I, f- I want to figure out how to edit videos and make videos. I would say, okay, I come in or they come in, we have a meeting and almost every single time somebody will say, I'll say, why do you want to do this? They say, I'm really passionate about video editing. I'm really passionate about edit or making videos. And then I say, okay, show me, show me what you have on YouTube right now. And I'll show you like what the roadmap looked like from here. And 90% of the time these kids go, oh, I don't really have anything on YouTube or I don't, I haven't really made any videos because I don't have a good camera or whatever the case may be. And it's like, okay, so you're not passionate about video editing. You're not passionate about making videos. You're just passionate about the idea of living a life of making videos. Right. Yeah. Because everybody who's my age, yeah, everybody my age started on tape cameras, you know, and it's, and and nothing was good. Yeah, nothing was good. <laughs> the cameras were horrible. And now you have an iPhone 11 that's <laughs> 10 times 4K. the quality. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you you have no barriers. You can edit. You can literally shoot videos and edit videos for free on your phone. I do all kinds of editing on my phone. Exactly. And I don't even mess with video or anything, but I'll do like cover art design mm-hmm. or like little promo things. Yeah. Like for myself, I like I logo design my own logo, like on it just being self-sufficient. R- exactly. And, you know, there's always like that. uh um, the the whole game right now is the pillar micro content model where you like make one big project but you have to make a million little things to promote that big project yeah. and people are like oh I don't know how to make the micro content I'm like screen record your video <laughs> on your phone and take out a piece of that and put it on the internet that's what people respond to and uh, or just trim I don't know it's not hard it's really not literally YouTube is the plug that's what I kind of love about the video <laughs> this era in digital is that it like truly it truly separates the people who have the drive and ambition versus the people that don't you know yeah. what I'm saying because all of the tools are there so if you're not doing it it's just because you don't want to do it to me too it's also just like like you said the tools are so accessible now mm-hmm. that it's like there's no excuses. It's like, for one, like, for one, it, for me, it was just like, I know the things that I want mm-hmm. cost money. So it's like, I don't ever look at things in regards to like, things should just be free or things should, it's like everything costs money. So it's like, and the fact that I'd like, if, if it was like, dang, I know it's going to cost money for someone to do a logo for me or to do this for me. Like at the time, I don't have the means to have that money. So it's like, but I'm not going to let that stop me. If it's like, if I'm going to let that stop me, then it's just like, there's going to be a whole bunch of other things in this industry and in this field, creatively, musically, that's going to be a lot harder than that. So it's like, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And yeah. if, it, if it don't look great now, I'll get to a point when I do have money that I will pay for a logo later. But Absolutely. for now, like I can do something on my own and be happy with it until I have the means, even if I want to do it later to do something new. Right. Um, but in regards to now, I'm not going to let not having the tools stop me from trying to. People didn't have airplanes. They were like, we're never going to fly. Someone was like, hell no, I'm flying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and right. I'd never seen a plane in my life, but I know that something's going to exist where I can. <laughs> and I actually, I actually love, uh, I, I don't know if you know the backstory on, on airplanes and flying, but there was one dude, and I can't remember the guy's name, and I wish I had a laptop here to figure it out. But I'm, wasn't it Guy and his brother or so that's, Guy and his friend? Uh, Orville and Wilbur Wright. But at the same time, like right around the turn of the century, uh, the government, the U.S. government had like doubled down on, we're going to figure out air travel. We're going to figure yeah. out how to fly and turn it into military, right? But so they had some dude that they were dumping tons and tons of money into this whole big program, figuring out how to fly. And 
they couldn't figure it out because the dude was just like, oh, I got a paycheck. I'm trying to figure it out, whatever the case may be. And then Orville and Wilbur Wright are in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina at the same time, you know, two brothers just hustling, trying to figure it out, crashing planes every day (laughs) and all that. And then one day they make it work. So it's like the difference in between, it's exactly the difference between in between a hustler mindset and some dude who's just there for the paycheck mindset, right? So tell me now, like with the way it's gone from high school, college, working right now, would you tell somebody to go to college or would you say YouTube it and figure it out and like let that be the deciding factor? Either you have the ambition to make it happen or you don't. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I think for me, because I did the educational route and it's not to say that I wouldn't be as good or better if I had not went to school Mm -hmm. for audio engineering and stuff like that. But I know that there's definitely... Uh, there's a lot of things you can learn on YouTube for sure. No hands down. I still go to YouTube and find stuff out. So it's like, it's a never ending process in regards to learning because technology is always advancing and there's new techniques, new artists doing things different. So I'm always learning still, but the upside to school that I would say now is the connections that you make when you're there. Um, in regards to like, there's a whole bunch of students that I know all over the States that are just like if I want if I wanted to go somewhere, I know that I have a connection there in regards to either a studio or just a place to crash or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like there's people that you know that are good people like they're good people yeah and then they you know that they're musically inclined or they understand who you are so connections like that are always cool and then it's like oh if I ever go out there then it's like I can make a network with them and then who they now know out yeah. there. Um, so there's just like that. And then like a lot of my teachers and stuff, like the community, it's kind of like a family in a sense. Like I can still hit up my old teachers and like, I still hit them up sometimes from time to time just to check on them. Or if I have a question about something in regards to business or pro tools or whatever the case may be, but it's like the teachers are there for always help and assistance and stuff like that. So it's like the connections that the teachers know and all these other because they send students all over the states for internships and stuff like that. Okay. So, like, even though I'm not a current student, if I was to move somewhere and I needed help trying to find a gig or something, like, they would openly help me try and find a gig. So it's just, like, stuff like that is a lot more beneficial, I feel like. It's not to say that you can't find your route without that, but it just helps. Right. So I wouldn't say it's just a matter of what you do. When you go to school, just make it worth it, like, Because obviously pick up the knowledge, but don't forget the people that are there because your classmate might be someone who wins a Grammy. And if you're not cool with them, then they might not remember who you are or think about you when they want help on a mix or something. Like there's classmates from when I was in school that still hit me up today about, yo, how would you approach this or listen to this? Tell me what you would change. And it's just like you never know if they're going to be somebody or whatever or if I'm going to be somebody one day. Absolutely. And it's just like. It just, it just helps to do that. But if you're just going to go there and not and be a lonesome and, like, stick to yourself and kind of – I mean, there's people that do that too, though, because there was a student when I was there. He was, like, so introvert. Like, he was there, studied. Got, he got all A's. He was a super smart dude, but he was just, like, he didn't talk to nobody. He wasn't, like, a social person. But, like, I believe now he, like, scores for movies and stuff, and it's just, like – so, I mean, there's not crazy. really a right or wrong way to do it. It's just, like – Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it, just like anything, I feel like. I feel like the way that we approach college as, like, a culture is almost wrong because there's there's careers like doctors, lawyers, engineers, whatever, where college is super important. What yeah. you learn in school is 
what carries Vital. you through the rest of your career, right? Um, but in the case of audio engineering, video making, photography, whatever the case may be, these are largely connection-driven industries. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where the people that I met in college and the connections that I've had post-college are worth far more than anything I ever learned in college because yeah. I audio engineering is not quite as changing as video world, but like it might be. Yeah, yeah I mean, but like you could still use a microphone from yeah. you know the '80s or whatever, and it still yeah. might have that sound. But like in the video world, codecs are changing every day, <laughs> cameras yeah, are changing every day. True. The cameras I learned on in college are literally like not usable anymore, right? Yeah. So, um, like the connections that I had are far more useful than anything I learned. So if you are that dude that goes to college and you just like double down and write your papers, right. And you don't make new friends. You don't go out on the weekends. You don't, you don't talk to the people in your classes. I almost feel like that's a waste of your time going to college. You might yeah. as well. Okay. You can figure just buy a textbook and sit at home and learn it all. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just wish that there was a little bit more emphasis on that. I have a film degree personally from Iowa, but yeah, that that hasn't really opened a door for me yet. But outside of what word I of know mouth from your peers, and exactly your class, college mates and stuff like that. Yeah, what I know, the people I met in college have opened so many doors, home, so many more doors than a piece of paper ever has. So literally, yeah, like for me, like I got my degree in the recording industry, but it's like that hasn't other than like when I was in Atlanta, like since I've been freelancing, I didn't really have the need to. I'm freelance. I do work for myself. So who do I got to show the degree to? Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm I don't got to show it to nobody. So that's not helping me get nowhere. So what? Anywhere, but it's more like the classmates I'll have will hit me up like, yo, there's artists I'm working with, but I want you to mix them instead of me. Because I know that, you know what I'm saying, your stuff sounds dope. And it's like that stuff, like you said, it means more and it goes a lot further than the actual degree. So what what you know now that you're in the industry and you're and you're working like what's the your favorite type of music what's your favorite type of artist to work with and i guess who are your some artists that you're loving right now that you're working uh, with hip-hop and r&b is like my favorite uh there's this dude who i'm starting to work with in des moines jordan he's uh he's an r&b singer he writes uh he dances choreographs he's he's really dope um, what's his, what's his full name so people can check? Jordan him out. Gregory. Okay. Jordan Gregory. Yeah. He has a, a he doesn't have any music out now, but you can, he got a bunch of choreographed stuff. He does a lot of stuff for the city of Des Moines in regards to dancing and giving people a space to learn how to dance and like express themselves. Uh, so he's really talented. He's a really good, cool guy. But his music is phenomenal. So uh, stay tuned for some of his new music that that me and him are working on. Um, there's this girl Annie Kimball. Uh, who's in a band, uh, Annie Kimball and the MFK Trio. Um, I don't know if they have anything out or not right now. I know Annie Kimball has a single out uh, that she made a while back, but she has like a, I don't know if you know who Snow Allegra is, mm -hmm. or like a, but man, you need to listen to her. Okay. But you need to listen to Annie, Annie Kimball too when she starts coming out with more music. But uh, yeah, she's just like, she's a singer too. And she's got like that real soul vibe. Uh, I don't know, she's super chill. It's just a vibe. And then as far as rap, uh, I really fuck with like a lot of people that I live with. Uh, obviously, Be Well, Johnny, Teller. Um, locally, like Psychedelic, I fuck with. Uh, mm. I do some work with him. Um, and I'm really like a fan of like, the connection that I have with the artists that I work with is more, it's not necessarily about the music. It's more so about like what it means to them. Because yeah. some people are, like, on different levels. Some people might... It's all preference decided on who's better or not. But 
like if it, the music itself means something to you, then like that's what I think builds my connection with the clients that I have is I don't really, obviously I care about the music, but I care about what it means to them. Yeah. And it's just like, are you making music that means something to you? Or like, what's the, what's the motive behind the music? And then like, I try and figure that stuff out. And I don't know, to me, I think that's just more important okay. in regards to what music means to people. Cause that's what it, it helps me with that. Cause when I first started making music, like it just helped me cause I was in a dark place when I first got involved with, into music in eighth grade and stuff. So, uh, music just meant something different to me. It was like the only thing that like, I would say never left. Like there's yeah. a lot of things in life that come and go in and out of your life. And like music's always been that one like rock that just never moves because it's really up to me if it doesn't stay in my life. Yeah. But like since it came into my life, cause I didn't find music. Like I said, my brother bought some stuff randomly and like it presented itself to me. So it's not like I was looking for music or had an urge to make music. So like the fact that it found like me in a sense in a point in my life that was very pivotal. Like it just means so much more to me. Okay. So, and then it's just like, it's also one of the reasons why it's like, I don't think I'll ever not do it. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, I don't know. This just doesn't, wouldn't make sense for me to not do it. I agree. Cause that's, I, I guess I kind of listen to everything. Right. And, and not the uh, cliche, my space bio way, yeah. way of listen. I listen to everything. But uh, I, I think that like my criteria for music that I always like has been, are they living what they're talking about and do they feel everything that they're talking about in yeah. music? Because you can really tell when people are just talking about a life that they don't live, right? Yeah. And it's, that music comes off super inauthentic, and that's, like, what's drawn me to. I think that's why I love local music so much because, like, truly, you know you know who's faking it on a yeah. local level, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so I guess, like, what's what's your career moves look like? What what do you what do you hope to do? What's, what's the big vision for you? Uh, shoot, the big vision is to run and own like my own state of the art facility mm -hmm. in regards to recording and like giving space to other engineers to come in and use the space and do work out of. Okay. Um, it would essentially be like the long term goal um, in regards to like, business. A lot of it for me is just continuing to build connections and keeping myself surrounded by good people. Okay. Um, it's really like what's important to me. I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm more of like a. I believe a lot in like energy, like what you put out there. So like, I don't know, there's like, especially in this like industry, like a lot of it is like luck. A lot of it is who you know, when you know them. Mm -hmm. It's like, but so like me, I'm always like the type of person where, especially in today's era, like you never know who's going to blow up. Literally people yeah. who sound like trash blow up. Well, hold up. I, so. I always want to make it clear that luck, like luck gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like luck is when opportunity meets all of the preparation. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you've never taken the time to work with any artist and you've just talked about how you want to be an audio engineer your yeah. whole life, you're not going to get lucky and find somebody who, like, oh, is there anybody around here who knows how to use equipment but has never done anything? Yeah. Like, it's, it's having that bank of all the shit that you did that wasn't paid for, that was, like, grinding and wasn't, yeah. you know, wasn't really worth your time at the time that, like, does blow up, right? Yeah, it's literally, like... Uh like, like, I don't know, like you said, luck is like thrown around loosely, but it's what you do with the luck. Mm -hmm. Like luck itself isn't what gets you there. It's what you do when luck, when luck happens. Like yeah. it might be lucky for me to walk into a room with schoolboy Q and Kendrick or J. Cole. But like, if I'm not in the studio and do something with it and show them how dope I am, yep. then it was lucky for me to get in the room. It wasn't 
luck that made them want to stay and work with me. Yeah. It's the drive that I showed when I was in the room with them. I heard this thing the other day that was like, if you have, if you're a musician and a song blows up, you're a videographer and your video blows up and it goes viral, right? Unless you have an entire library for people to check out after they find that one video. Or you have stuff to follow up with. It it means nothing. It it truly means nothing to have like one viral video unless you have a body of work that people can look at after that, right? Literally. Yeah. There's like this saying, it's called like for like engineers, it's like you're, you're only as good as your last mix. Mm-hmm. And like for videos, it's like you're only as good as your last video. So it's really? like if you don't do anything after your last video, then like even your catalog, you can have an extended amount of catalog, but like if you ain't currently still putting out new content, a lot of that's just going to get old and eventually get just washed by the wayside. So it's like a matter of you being able to stay uh, putting out work on a professional and efficient way. Mm-hmm. That kind of like just keeps people like oh okay yep he's not just doing this for for now he's like he's actually doing this shit especially in the world of social media like where there's something new every day (laughs) think about how many people had smash hits that you haven't heard about in a year you know what i'm saying uh you get people who like uh bobby schmurter who get lucky and now they're throwing his uh schmurter dance on every single (laughs) uh you know, rock song from the eighties, just make like, you know, for memes or whatever. But like, think about even, I was thinking about this the other day, Kendrick Lamar hasn't dropped a new project in two years. Two years? Yeah. And it's yeah. getting tough now to, how often do you hear Kendrick's name come up in conversations really where like uh, Schoolboy Q released Crash Talk this year, yeah. right? Where like, he's probably the most relevant dude out of TDE right now, just yeah. because of He's the dude who's putting out the shit. So, yeah. and I'm sure that Kendrick still has the clout that when he drops his next project, <laughs> he's going to go crazy because he planned him in a day. Right. I, I actually, uh, <laughs> kind of crazy enough, I just, uh, Slim Thug just released uh, a new album like a month ago. And the last time you really heard about Slim Thug was what, 2009, maybe? Yeah. yeah I was like, the still tipping days. And, yeah. and actually, this, this album that he released was like, in my opinion, one of the albums of the year. So it's crazy how a dude yeah. can bounce back like that. But, uh, yeah, I guess if you were going to talk to somebody who's from Sioux City, who does have the drive, who has the passion, who is, you know, Anthony Maldonado when he was 17, 18 years old yeah. and, and coming to you asking you what his move should be, what would you say? Like, is the move to go somewhere where the music is happening? Is it to go to Atlanta, go to Cali, New York, or is it to invest in themselves, go to college and, and start hustling that way. What is it? I would tell them to start off investing in themselves and prove to themselves that that they can do it like on their own. Like don't worry about trying to prove something to me or trying to prove something to your peers that like prove something to yourself because to me the most important thing is you have to wake up and look in the mirror every day yeah. and look at yourself and ask yourself, am I happy? Or like is what I'm doing really fulfilling and like – I don't know, you have to ask yourself those questions. You don't have to ask other people that. Mm-hmm. So, if, like, if you can't look in the mirror and ask yourself that and be happy and content with who you are and be proud of yourself, then, like, it doesn't, nothing will ever be worth it. But, like, if you want to do music, then it's like, okay, depending on where you're at, like, are you currently working with people? I would ask them, like, if you're currently working with people locally, recording them or mixing them. Um, if not, start doing that first. Prove to yourself that you can even do that. Yeah. Um, and then once you make yourself proud, make sure that you're, make sure that it sounds up to par with what 
your standard is, whatever your standard may be. And once the sound is at a level where you want it, uh, then think about what you really want in regards to long-term goals. Do you want to, you know what I'm saying, do you want to be an entrepreneur and do things like be an owner and do things yourself? Do you want to go venture out and be a contract worker for someone else and kind of start thinking of those things? Um, but in regards to make sure, see if this is something that you want to live off of, like make sure that you can make money on your own with it. Because the way I kind of see things is like, everything's like an investment. So if you're going to invest your time on it, first of all, you're a business by yourself. So if you can't make a return on investment in yourself by yourself, then who else is going to really invest in you? Mm -hmm. So it's like, but if I meet someone and it's like, oh, okay, you're making money already on your own. Like I see that you're efficient and you coming to me is an opportunity to just grow, not necessarily to depend on me. And like the purpose of you coming to work with me or whatever is to grow, then it makes more sense. But if you come to me and you're not making money on your own already and you're kind of like on the edge on if you want to do this or not, then it's like I'm less likely to invest in you because you haven't shown me that you can do something on your own yet. So prove like to me, that's a big thing to me. Like when I have ideas or like I think about what's my next step, I try and think about like the smaller version of that would be and like try and do that on my own. And then my first initial thing is to prove to myself that I can do this. Cause then I know once I ask for help, I'll just be able to do it better. So I always want to make sure that I prove to myself that I'm capable of doing something. Are you familiar with the secret, the book? Nope. Okay. So it's like, well, the, don't they have like a documentary on it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I know and I haven't it, read the book, but I've seen the, the documentary. Basically it's that idea that if you put things out in the universe, then eventually those things will make their way into your life. And yeah. you know, I think that that, is a on the whole kind of a corny idea but it's 100 percent true in the fact that if you're willing to let your ambitions be known and shown to the world then your your ambitions have a way of fulfilling themselves right so you know if you're laying in bed every night and you're looking at yourself saying like okay i'm gonna be a sound engineer on a grammy award-winning a song someday yeah and you lay in bed every night and you say that and you go to your job or you go to school the next day and you do nothing to make that happen and you're the only person who knows you ha- you have that ambition it's never going to make its way into your life right yeah. but if you you know say you get on a podcast and you say you know i'm anthony maldonado and i have absolutely the drive and the ambition to make a grammy award-winning song someday well, now there's going to be somebody listening to this podcast. There's going to be somebody maybe in that room. There's going to be somebody who hears from somebody who's watching the podcast that Anthony yeah. Maldonado is that dude who has the drive and the ambition to make something happen, right? And that's where, like, success actually finds its way into your yeah. life from making something happen. So it's, it's again, it's kind of like that, like, idea of luck where if you – if you get lucky but you don't have any of the drive, talent, skill to back that luck up, then you have nothing, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah, exactly. And that's, (laughs) and that's what I'm always telling to like people who say, Oh, I want to do this. Well, you got to do it and you got to make that, you got to make it be known that that's your final ambition. Don't, don't, you know, I could sit here and, um, act like I have no big ambitions from this podcast and nothing would ever happen from it. But like from this podcast, it's crazy. The things that have come into my life and the things that have happened from it, just from putting out the ideas of what I want to do in the world. So, um, you know, that would be my big advice to anybody who's trying to make something happen as like a young kid is like, yeah, you can have these ideas, but if you don't 
if you don't make the if you don't take the action and you don't tell the people around you that that's what you're going to do and that's who you are, then you have nothing. Yeah. Because they say the, uh, you know what what what's the difference between uh, how do you become a director of music videos, right? You tell people that you're a director of music videos and buy a camera, really. It's like, that's the only way to do it, you know? There's no school that's going to say stamp. Yep, this guy's a director of music videos now. certified director. Yeah, yeah. So it's just about making it happen for yourself. So, um, you know, I I guess, do you have anything else that you really want to know about? Or do you want to make known? Other than that, um, in regards to just challenge, other than like that, I would just tell someone to also, like, once you know that that's what you want to do, understand that there's going to be a lot of uh, tribulations with that as well. There's like a lot of sacrifice that comes with wanting to do this full time in regards to spending time with loved ones or, you know what I'm saying, not going out, partying, like make sure like this is like you're going to put the time into this. Like it's like that 10,000 hour rule or whatever, but it's a lot more than just 10,000 hours. Like because there's, I don't know, I've been doing this for a long time and it's like, I haven't caught quote unquote my big break yet, but yeah. like I'm the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, do you want to go on that vacation or do you want to make music? Do you want yeah. to? Uh, do you want to go out to the bars every night with your friends or do you want to make music? You got to pick one, really. Yeah. You know. And it's not to say that you can't do both, but like, just don't complain when you're not as successful as you want to be. Bingo. It's when you're doing other things. Mm. Um, that's my big thing. There's like a lot of people will complain about results. But it's like, well, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no excuses. Like, put in the fucking work and don't be making excuses for yourselves or wake up out of bed. Like, there's 24 hours in the day. Like, my buddy always says, like, Drake, Jay-Z, all these people got the same 24 hours. Like, but you decide to sleep in until 10, 11, noon, and then you want to go, and then you're up for five hours, and then it's 8 o'clock, and you want to go hang out with your friends for the night, and then you go to sleep at two in the morning, wake up at 12, 10 o'clock again. And it's like, no, I'm up at 4 a.m. every morning. The cream rises to the crop, really, you know, (laughs) the cream rises to the top, like where if you're one of those dudes who is looking at what the next man has or what the the success of the next man, and you say, I want that. There's no reason I don't have that. He should, he doesn't deserve that. Well, if you reverse engineer it, there's always something that he's (laughs) doing differently than you. It's either talent or hustle, you know? There's always something different between you and somebody who's more successful than you. And that's my thing too, is like, I know that, like, obviously I believe in myself and I know like I'm dope as hell and like I have that confidence, but like, I listen to other people and I'm like, man, like their shit's way doper than me. Yeah. But like, I guarantee like people that ain't even on yet, just people that I know that are like dope at what they do. But like, I know that they just don't work hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'll be damned if I'm gonna let them get somewhere that I don't just because they're not, they're cool, but they don't work hard. It's like, I'm going to outwork anyone. Like put me in a room with another person. I guarantee I'm outwork them. Exactly. Like, and um, I mean, just just to let you know, like when you say, oh, I was uh, recording in Atlanta and I, I'd been there less time than the other dudes around me. It's like it's 100 percent that work ethic. It's, yeah. it's, it, I call it the Midwest work ethic is that like I, I'm willing to outwork everybody around me if it's a, if it's truly a competition situation. That, so. And a lot of that, too, like it was because like because I remember like I would be like cleaning a room and like the owner and like the engineers would be in like the lobby or whatever talking amongst each other. About like, oh, what do you think of, like, the new guy or whatever? And, like, I remember that, like, just hearing them be like, yeah, like, he does everything he's supposed to, like, da-da-da. And, like, any time, like, I was lucky at that studio, like, any free time, like, you were open to go into any open room and, like, learn, ask questions. And, like, 
I don't know, a lot of the other people there would just like chill in the lobby on their computers watching Netflix or some shit. Yeah. And it's like I was always in a room asking questions or figuring things out. So I think that was the reason why they started giving me those opportunities because it was like, this guy wants it. All these other people are just here for the curriculum or whatever. All right. Yeah. So this might be a question that I don't know, since you've been living in Des Moines for a while, you might not know off the top of your head, but I like to end these with if you could tell everybody in Sioux City what you think is the most slept on thing in Sioux City, what is something that you think everybody should know about, everybody should be doing. It could be a place where people could be eating, a place where people could be going. Somebody or even like a local artist that you think everybody should know about. I call this segment um, the most slept on in Sioux City. Most slept on in Sioux City. Let's see. Uh, y'all sleeping on me? <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, shoot, honestly, I really, uh, I really dig what Psychedelic's been doing. Um, I feel like this last like year and a half, two years, like he's been really putting in a lot of legwork um, and like just grinding and like being consistent about it and being like persistent about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know, I keep, I'm keeping my eye on him specifically. Um, I do some work with him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just like seeing, I don't know, he's one of the people that I kind of see that drive in yeah. and who has, like, I don't know, he's, like, multi-faceted in regards to, like, his persona, his his personality. Like, a lot of it all just helps, like, in what he's trying to do. Right. But, yeah, I think, yeah, um, if you listen to hip-hop music, check out Psychedelic. And for everybody listening, that psychedelic sidekick. Psychedelic sidekick. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, I'm going the music route today, too. I think there's this dude in Sioux City, uh, Spencer Asplief, who's... I don't think I've heard of him. He was uh, previously, I don't know if he's still, if the band's still together, but he was with Pork Nocturnal. Um, I've heard of them. Yeah, and he was, he was a singer, and, like, he's doing a lot of his own solo stuff right now. Okay, word. Yeah, and his, his music crazy. He's just crazy talented, crazy talented on the guitar, singing, and he's kind of got, like, a blues, classic rock. Uh, like hippie rock out? style. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some. He's got some good stuff out, man. So nothing. Check him out. You know, actually, I might just drop him a message, see if we can close out this episode with one of his songs, and yeah, and throw that on for everybody to listen to, and uh, one for one of psychedelic sidekicks as well. So yep. if you guys are listening and you'd like to uh, hear that stuff, stay tuned. I'm gonna try and drop those at the end of this episode. But um, I guess that's all I got. So where can people find you? Where can people get in contact with you? And mixes everything on everything. Um, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, my website, uh, Facebook. It's all just at AM mixes. Everything's the same. Um, yeah. If you need recording, mixing, hit me up. Um, go to my website, ammixes.com. Uh, check out my work there. And yeah, if you like what you hear, just hit me up. I'm down to work with everyone. Perfect. And for me, you can find me at TGrotyX, that's T-G-R-O-T-E-X, or Honeywave Media on Instagram. And uh, drop us some drop us some love on there and subscribe to YouTube. Yep. All right. Beat. She 
Talks too much but never really speaks Takes all you have and all sets it ablaze You know I like him just a little mannequin crazy
within myself again I've let these people walk all over me through selflessness It's crazy bro how psych and I came up from nothing Now we're blowing up our cities, packing shows, we spread it, love it, huh? Can someone tell me why this negativity was pressing? I quit my job and hung it up to crash my movement All because I was just bugging about the simpler times And we were rollercoasting down the block with dubs on our minds Why is life so complicated? Steady racing, paper chasing at the tortoise pace I'm waving through these views, I'm trying to make it to the top I want to fit and be the best kind of myself again And that's the product that I represent Now whoa, whoa, I need to find myself I know, know that I blind myself Everything ain't as bad as it seems And one look around, tell me what do you see? Thank you.